0: Welcome to Beyond Wall Street, presented by Arixa Capital, where expert investors make their unique investment strategies easy to understand. I'm your host, Jan Bresky, and today I'm with Greg Hebner of Arixa Capital. We'll be discussing real estate lending as an investment strategy. Well, Greg, it's nice to see you. You and I have been working together for uh, many, many years, but today I'm going to be interviewing you about the investment strategy that a uses to generate returns. So for starters, give us a little background about yourself and how you got into what uh, we're doing now.
1: So I've been a real estate investor since uh, literally right after the graduation from college and ended up getting my mortgage license and being involved with some mortgage companies uh, in the 2000s. You know, pretty pretty long arc of being involved in a lot of aspects of real estate, uh, seeing how Uh, Real estate can be a good investment for uh, myself, friends, family, and, uh, you know, finally, you and I working together on the funds that we operate.
0: Terrific. And how would you describe Erix Capital and what what we do at Erixa? Erixa Capital
1: uh, operates two separate lines of business. Um, Our lending business uh, develops relationships and builds relationships with borrowers who are real estate investors, developers who are acquiring, renovating, repositioning, or adding value to single-family and multifamily properties. Uh, They are investing their own money or raising equity to do those projects, and we're providing a percentage of what it is they're going to purchase or acquire the property for and a percentage of what they're going to spend to renovate, reposition, or add value to it. Typically, we're going to give somewhere around 75% of what The total project cost will be and the borrower or the borrowers investors will put up the rest of that money Um, we're going to charge the borrowers interest for the money that they borrow somewhere in the seven and a half to nine percent range and they're going to pay us a fee uh, to originate that loan for them Uh, we also service those loans meaning we collect the payments on behalf of our funds um, and handle all that interaction and things that go on after we actually originate it. So, so that you know that's one part of our business. The second part of our business is an investment management business. It manages and operates a number of different uh, private debt funds. And those private debt funds provide the capital and hold the loans that are made from our lending business. Uh, those portfolios could consist of 75 or hundred different loans, all with different maturities and, you know, various borrowers and geographies. And those funds are collecting the interest that's being paid every month by our borrowers. And then we remit that money to our investors, you know, middle, the second, third week of every month or reinvested if our investors prefer. But those funds are established uh, to allow limited partners to own units in a, uh, in, a, in a fund that's going to hold a number of different loan investments and collect those payments and, and uh, deliver those as returns to our investors.
0: So why is there a need today for the type of business that you have? Uh, don't banks make loans? Why is this business needed?
1: Yeah, banks definitely make loans. Banks do not like or are set up to work at the speed and pace and creativity that our borrowers demand. Banks are, um, they want to hold loans that have a long maturity, meaning they're outstanding for many years. Um, and typically they like to do loans on owner-occupied properties, which we do not make. Our loans are made to investment properties only. We don't lend on principal residences and they aren't set up to do a lot of construction or fall on lending. So the process by which banks look at these loans um, makes it very difficult for the borrowers to get what they need to complete their projects. So although it would be cheaper in terms of the interest rates, substantially cheaper, you know, our borrowers have found us to be a much better solution for what it is they're trying to do Uh, Part of it is speed, Uh, part of it is certainty that they will receive the funds when they need them, and also the flexibility to understand and be able to fit the borrower into what they need to complete the project while still protecting our investors and making a safe loan. We don't have to be so formulaic. Our loans don't go to the government or into some sort of security. It lets us be what I call common sense lenders understanding the risk, understanding the benefits, and making a good decision, which you know we've done now a couple thousand times over the last the last decade. So I think you know I just think banks are um, they're just very challenged to be able to make the kind of loans that our clients expect us to make.
0: Great. And let's talk about one of those investments. Can you walk us through a typical loan or a recent loan that comes to your mind that that Eryxa made?
1: Yeah, a couple just that we've funded over the last couple of weeks that were sort of fresh in my mind. Um, You know, we do work a lot with borrowers uh, on a repeat basis. It's uh, 75 to 80 percent of our loans come from repeat borrowers and folks we have lent to before. You know, recently we had a borrower call us up. They were buying a property in Prime Brentwood. Um, It was a very competitive uh, property and they needed to be able to close very quickly this case in under two weeks. Um, we provided a proof of funds to the borrower and made a 75% of his purchase price bridge loan. That one was about 2.8 million. The borrower had put in about $900,000 of his own equity. And that was gonna be a bridge loan for about nine to 12 months until the borrower is ready to uh, do his construction on the property. Uh, it's a good property in good condition here in LA. Uh, we had another borrower who had done a couple projects down in Orange County, found a property that he wanted to add some square footage to. Uh, we lent him also 75% of purchase and 75% of his rehab. Uh, that property would be worth about 2 one or 2 2 when he's done. Our loan will be about $1.5, which is kind of in our target range of being between 60 and 65% of final value after improvements. So again, in both cases, our speed was important. Certainty of execution was important. And with the borrower doing construction, knowing that we were gonna manage the draws and be able to provide ongoing funds to him to complete that project were, were a big part of uh, you know, being able to serve those two clients.
0: How would you say that Erixa prices its loans? So how much interest are the people, uh, the borrowers paying? What kinds of origination fees are they paying? Let's start with that.
1: We, we are you know We are in a very competitive market for the kind of borrowers that we work with, as you know. Um, Our borrowers tend to be quite experienced, um, active, professional real estate investors. So we certainly aren't the only option that they have when it comes to our product. So we're we're subjected a little bit to market forces. We've always been able to get some premiums just for the way we deliver our service. But typical pricing for us on a loan will be between seven and a half to eight and three quarters. Most of what we write is going to have an eight to eight and a half percent interest rate. The borrowers pay us interest each month uh, and the principal on the loan uh, balloons when the loan comes due. Uh, Typically our origination fees will be somewhere between one and two points of the total loan amount. So the borrower's paying somewhere between a nine to 11% annual percentage rate for the money that they borrow.
0: I think a lot of viewers might think to themselves, well, I can borrow from a bank for three or 4%. Why are people paying you double that for these loans, what are they paying for? Yeah, and I think that's a
1: question you and I have received, you know, a lot over the years. And um, myself, who just recently refinanced a rental property with a bank that took four and a half months, it was a, a further confirmation that we're in a good business by what we do. Um, most banks don't participate with shorter term loans. Um, you know, they they do very well with longer term and longer lead times. Uh, and both in the single family and the multifamily, which is you know, kind of where we spend most of our time. Uh, our clients are looking for uh, speed of execution and most importantly certainty. And you know, really the banks are just not able to respond on the type of products that we do. Um, so many of our borrowers are very bank worthy. I think one misnomer is: well, they're paying you eight or nine or 10%. You know, are these borrowers, you know, of a lesser quality? You know, we both know most of our, bank, most of our borrowers have a number of banking relationships. Uh, most of our multifamily loans are paid off through a bank. It really is our borrowers think of us as part of their basis and their investment in the property itself. And being able to work quicker, secure the project and being less expensive than equity would be. Uh, you know, if you go out and raise equity financing for apartments or uh, the single family projects that we do, you could easily find yourself paying 12, 15, even 20% or more, or a share of the profits. So, you know, a lot of our clients really want to uh, control the property themselves. A lot of time, it's their money. And uh, they look at us as a, you know, a great avenue to be able to connect, uh, connect the dots and get their projects, you know, completed.
0: And what's the margin of safety on a typical investment and how do you measure that? Yeah, so there's really two points in time that
1: we're really going to be focused on. So I'll just go through a typical fix and flip loan just as an example. Um, You know, we want to be, you know, 75, 80 percent maximum of cost as value is going to be added to the property. We want that number to go down. And we do that by reimbursing our borrowers as they invest in their properties and they renovate or improve them, we then follow on with additional construction financing on that loan. So say the borrower is gonna put in $100,000 over the course of the project, and we're gonna fund 75 of that. Our funding will happen after the borrower has done the work, paid the vendors, and then submitted uh, their draw. You and, know, and, and if we're doing the right types of loans, that $100,000 should create much more than $100,000 of value for our client. So at the end, when we actually make our last the last dollar of our loan goes out, we'd like to be somewhere in that 60, 65, 66% range on final value. And we've been tracking that, you and I, for you know, nine years now. And it's surprisingly, even though the markets have you know, moved up and down, that number hasn't changed a lot over you know, a couple thousand loans that we've done. So if we're doing that, we feel we've given ourselves 30 to 35% margin of safety on that loan. That could, you know, could be you know, prepared if anything happens in the market. If there's any changes in underlying collateral value,
0: could an investor make these types of loans on their own? And what do you think would be the pluses and minuses uh, for an investor doing that versus investing in a private debt fund that makes these types of loans?
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, one of our largest investors uh, has been doing this for 30 years on his own. So we we, we certainly have seen a number of investors who were individual trustee investors where they either uh, participated with uh, uh, a piece of a loan and or originated their own. Um, Certainly the advantages are the control you would have. Um, You'd have all the ability to make the investment decision, choose the borrower and, you know, have full active control of, of that loan, including collecting payments or finding a servicer and handling the payoff and all the things that would go with that. So for sophisticated real estate investors that really want that control and be an active manager of their investment, it's certainly a viable option. Uh, The biggest disadvantage obviously is all that work, um, you know, evaluating the property, handling the documents and knowing that that loan could pay off at any time. And then you're redeploying the cash into into another investment. So there's a lot of opportunities for cash to come back to you, you'd have to redeploy it. And of course, just the lack of diversification. If if you have a $500,000 loan and you have one loan versus investing in a fund where $500,000 may give you access to 100 loans, I just think the concentration risk, if you're not a highly sophisticated and experienced investor or really know your borrower, I, you know, I just think it's a, it's a different risk profile than what we would take in our funds. Um, the advantage of the funds are you know, you do get a very diversified portfolio. Um, both of our, you know, all of our portfolios have, you know, upwards to 75 to hundred individual loans at any time across a number of geographies, a number of borrowers, a number of stages. And, you know, and we're able with the income we collect, you know, to, to be prepared, you know, if something goes wrong, to not have a, a real impact on the returns and, and also, Um, You have a professional management team and a professional staff, you know, we're almost up to 40 full-time people that are working every day to manage those portfolios, work with clients, and make sure that those portfolios are being being taken care of. So, you know, um, we both have lots of friends and uh, folks that we have as investors. And, you know, I think that that's a real benefit to them, that they don't have to spend their time managing an individual loan or individual investment.
0: Great. I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. Um, what's your favorite thing about your job?
1: Your favorite thing? Um, well, you, I think you already know what I'm going to say, but I, I love being out with the clients, and out with the projects that we we get to finance. I think it's a it's it's a real blessing to be a part of this ecosystem uh, and seeing how we um, creating jobs, changing neighborhoods. Um, Really, being a positive economic force for a lot of people, I think uh, sometimes uh, we we probably don't really realize. But over this last you know year, year and a half since the pandemic hit, you know, by us being there, being able to finance and keep our projects going, you know, we kept thousands and thousands of people employed, you know, take care of their family, you know, creating great housing that's much needed. And I love working with the creative minds and entrepreneurs and local. Real estate investors and business people that we get the pleasure to serve, and uh, seeing how they take their visions, turn it into reality, do it profitably, uh, and create wealth. Um, but we have a we're blessed with a great, great cadre of clients who are very talented in what they do. Not just high end, low end, medium end. They're creative about entitlement, how they how they build, what they do, how they manage their teams, and you know that's kind of where I you know that's where I get charged. Jazzed up. I really enjoy that part of what we do.
0: And how about the flip side? What's the hardest thing about your job? I think just growing
1: and being able to scale this business. um, You know, you and I started with you know three or four people and a few loans and a few clients and a few investors, and and now it's grown to hundreds of clients, probably approaching a thousand investors. And you know, I like to use the analogy. We, you know, we're landing planes every day. You know, it's um, making sure we meet the commitments deliver it on time and, you know, and, and do it safely. Just got a lot more planes in the air, a lot more planes on the runway. And, you know, managing that scale and the, what's involved with that is uh, certainly one of the most challenging aspects of what it is, you know, what it is that we do.
0: Let's go back to the strategy for a minute. Um, what do you think is the best thing about the strategy that you're pursuing as an investment strategy?
1: Well, I mean, again, I, we, we live in a very yield-challenged world. We, we both talk about that a lot. You don't get paid very much for your savings. You certainly don't get paid very much to hold bonds. And our particular real estate niche gives us an ability to use secured real estate as collateral and to generate a current yield and a current pay from the interest we collect on the loans that we hold. That's very attractive, you know, to collect a seven and a half, eight, eight and a half percent 8%, uh, 8.5% current pay on interest Uh, in our our levered fund, you know, an ability to even generate north of nine for our investors, pay that out every month if our investors would like us to do so. And to do it with a margin of safety that's, you know, 35 plus percent and, you know, very little loss experience over the last, you know, 10, 11 years of doing this, I just think is a really good place. It's kind of a Goldilocks place to play. Uh, The real estate market has been very, very kind to us. It's been incredibly strong the last year, which we've benefited from a lot. Um, but I think we've created a, a group of borrowers that are consistent, they're stable, they're successful. And it's allowed us to build, you know, a, a very substantial base of income producing loans that our investors are benefiting from. So I just, I look around where you can generate these kind of returns today and, you know, stock market scares us both. Um, you know, the bond markets are just not paying you for risk and you've got you've got risk of rising interest rates. You know, I think we've created a pretty good mousetrap for a retail investor to to get a current income on their hard-earned hard-earned investment dollars.
0: And what would be the top one or two risks if something were to cause a uh, stumble or 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 losses? What would cause that? What's most likely to cause that for the strategy that Erix is pursuing?
1: Well, on a a loan level, I think the biggest risk is, um, you know, we do some construction lending and an inability for a borrower to complete a project uh, certainly would involve us having to get involved. We've done that multiple times. We certainly have a team that's experienced. So I think we can mitigate that. But on an individual loan level, I think that's where a loss could occur. And if it did, you know, we've been building reserves and, you know, we want to be in a position where there would be, you know, little impact to our investors, I think macro, um, you know, rising interest rates are, you know, are never a plus for the residential market. Um, The low rates that we've had over the last year, year and a half have certainly fueled a lot of what we've seen in strong real estate prices. Certainly things can happen, but, you know, hopefully over the course of the number of loans that we carry in our portfolio, that would be relatively uh, minor for
0: an investor in our funds. Okay, great. Well, Greg, it's been a pleasure. really appreciate you doing this. I'm Jan Bresky, and you've been listening to Beyond Wall Street.